is Bloomberg Surveillance. When you look at the way governments operate today, there is not so much one global order as a lot of regional orders. If we're looking at a Fed cycle that's going to be pretty shallow and a Japanese economy that still has a big current account surplus, the yen could appreciate for a while. For Europe, I think we now are at zero interest rates for the rest of this decade. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Bloomberg Surveillance. Michael McKee is off, off, off today. Francine Lacroix will join in a moment from London. Thrilled to have you from London and Europe and worldwide as well. Much to talk about. Howard Ward will be with us, one of our most popular guests. We will dive into use of cash in belief in equities in a low nominal GDP environment. Yes, sell everything. Go to cash. I've been in the double leveraged all cash fund for three years. That's worked out uh, really, really uh, well. I'm kidding. It's my 401k is a train wreck. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Invesco. Did the day's headlines have you searching for more investment views? Invesco's experts can help. Find out the latest thought leadership at the Invesco blog. Visit Invesco.com slash U.S. to subscribe. Futures with a weight to them here, four-day work week. I guess like London's, is London off, John Tucker's London off Monday as well? I think so. I don't know. I believe yeah, so. I Howard Ward so. believes so. Yeah. They, we get they, economic data today and tomorrow, too. Yes, we get GDP uh, data tomorrow. We'll go into that uh, during our hours uh, today. Uh, futures again negative 11. Now futures negative 83. Uh, dollar stronger. Euro 111.68. Yen 112.65. Watching oil, a 38 uh, print was a big deal an hour ago. We're through that, down 95 cents. 38.84. Brent crude, 39.56 uh, as well. And London, Francine LaCroix. Francine, lovely to have you join us on radio. Hi, Tom. Uh, this morning, give us a Brexit, a Brexit update. What is the Brexit today, and how does the debate get to next week when you get back to work Tuesday? Yeah, I, you know what? I don't know. I wish I knew because every day we have a new headline and every day there's one former this or one former that uh, saying how much we risk losing money or how much we win losing money if we lose the yeah. EU. So actually, Tom, the problem is that it, it's quite messy and it's coming from all angles. Uh, George Osborne, who's talking now, two lawmakers and David Cameron, both really in hot water. Okay, well, let's get to Howard Ward. He's with Gamco and has been in owner of quality stocks uh, for years. If the revenue line is soggy due to nominal GDP, do you have confidence that the companies you own can adjust? Well, Tom, uh, of course, my uh, companies tend to fall into the large cap growth camp. And even though we've had a relatively modest rate of earnings and profit growth in the last three years, the portfolio of, of holdings that I have have compounded their earnings at 14% for the last three years. They've compounded their revenues at 12% for the last three years. So I do believe that the stocks that I hold on balance in the aggregate will continue to generate uh, actually double-digit yeah. top-line and bottom-line growth. I mean, you see Credit Suisse just as one example where basically – to editorialize, they're cutting to the bone. In other industries, I don't see that. Is that something to come where if we have subpar, subpar 4% nominal, 2% yeah, real I, GDP growth, well, that we start to see this? Of course, this? with Credit Suisse, you know, this is a real hard time for the difficult period for the banks. And I don't own any banks in, in the Gamco Growth Fund. And uh, I did own some banks. I bought some banks, announced it on your show in, in uh, 2009 when you could buy 
J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley below tangible book value. You can do that again now, but I'm not sure you want to, because the situation has changed. The recovery in banks has been clouded by the regulatory efforts to forcing the banks to raise capital, making the banks more reluctant to lend. They're very much in a risk-off mode of operation. And there's this problem with the net interest margin, which isn't going away. There was a lot of buying in the financials last year in anticipation of four rate hikes this year. That's not happening. You haven't had an IPO in over 100 days now. That part of the business isn't doing very well. And M&A coming off of a record year last year is also up against very difficult compares. So as we go into the first quarter earnings season, you can pretty much expect that virtually all the banks are going to have negative earnings revisions after the Q1 report. Especially, Howard, when you look at negative rates. But you, if I'm not mistaken, like energy stocks. Now, that for me is a pretty brave call. Well, let's put this in the context of a growth manager whose index has a one-half of 1% weighting in energy. I'm overweight energy, but my energy weighting is 1%. So I'm not being terribly bold. And we were less than the index weight. This sounds probably a little bit too cute for some people, but this is sort of what we institutional investors have to do to survive. We have gone from being an underweight the index to overweight the index. I do, however, believe that over the course of this year, while energy is going to back and fill, and the role of the dollar is important here, too, in terms of oil prices, but energy will be moving higher. I just do not believe you can have a 75% decline in the rig count, which is what we've had, and expect people to flip a switch and to have their oil production resume at the levels that it was when we were much higher. And so I do think the price of crude is going to continue to snap back over the course of this year to get to a level that can be sustained in terms of generating enough production, not only to meet the demand in oil, which is still rising at a 1% or 2% rate globally, but to offset the 5% decline or depletion in the existing oil production that takes place every year. Howard, one of the things, and I know, Tom, you'll want to weigh in because you always ask about consolidation in the banking sector. Are we going to see European players being bought out? You saw that in Italy, right? Right. So there's a little bit of consolidation, but actually regulators around the world don't like it. They don't like it if it's the banks. They don't like it if it's energy. They don't like it full stop. Howard, are we going to see, when are we going to see companies starting to use their cash to buy more companies? Well, I mean, it is happening uh, to a degree. I'm trying to remember um, just this week, I think, we saw an acquisition for cash. I'm having a hard time recalling which company it was. So, I mean, it is happening. Obviously, with interest rates this low, it's very easy to buy a company and pay almost any price, and it's accretive to earnings. And so, because you're not earning anything on your cash. If you can earn anything on the acquisition where you're paying for it with cash, it's going to be accretive to your earnings. And so it does happen. And, you know, certainly the C-suite, the decision makers, are a little bit hesitant to commit capital right now because the global headlines are not as rosy as we would like them to be. 
Uh, Howard, I have to jump in because we're just getting a little bit of breaking news from the Belgium news agencies, Belga. They're reporting now that, uh, Tom, there's a police operation underway in Brussels. We've, of course, reached out to our various reporters on the ground, our Brussels bureau chief. What he was saying was that uh, there were machine gun wielding soldiers, but also guarded uh, subway entrances, uh, searching commuters' bags as they entered the metro. Now we understand mm. that there's some police operation under way. Again, as far as we knew, there were two uh, fugitive suspects on the run. So the manhunt was on the run, and now there's a police um, operation underway in Brussels. All too familiar from Paris only four months ago. If you're just joining us, Francine Lacroix in London, I'm Tom Keene in New York with Howard Ward of Gamco. Howard, just because of time, and you'll be with us for our next block as well, let's give Jeff, Jeff Immelt a victory lap. When you look at your new enthusiasm over General Electric, is part of this, Jeff, what took so long? Or is this just how long it takes to transform a company? Yeah, I, I uh, let me just go back just for one second, Tom. It was Sherwin-Williams buying Valspar for $9.3 billion in cash that was announced this week. Uh, Jeff Imelt inherited his company uh, on, on just about 9-11, and uh, not a good time to assume the, the, uh, the top spot at GE. And in my opinion, he inherited uh, a bit of a mess. And uh, not to say that Jeff maybe hasn't made a mistake here or there, but I think he had a, a lot of heavy lifting to do to rearrange the portfolio of General Electric's businesses. And I think after 15 years, he's finally yeah. uh, got it where the street wants it, which is back as a in primarily industrial company uh, providing global infrastructure and uh, mm-hmm. shedding the risk and debt that goes with being a big financial enterprise, mm-hmm. which is what it was with GE Capital. Howard Ward with us. I want to come back and talk about something I get a lot of mail on, which is the basic idea. You own a company, and you just own it because, like Peter Lynch, you know the product, and you have to monitor it through up and down. How do you do that? How do you hold on to a Microsoft when they're imploding, just as one idea to get to where – Microsoft clearly has had a new day here in the last uh, year or two. It's wonderful to have Howard Ward here because short term is like two years, which is a whole different view from so much of what we uh, hear as well. Futures negative 11, Dow futures negative 77. I just put out the chart on West Texas Intermediate, 38.86, some real weight to oil in the last uh, two days. I put that out on Bloomberg Radio Plus. Dollar stronger in the 10-year yield, one 0.87%, the two-year to four digits, 0.8566 on the two-year. In this hour of Bloomberg Surveillance, brought to you by Volvo Cars White Plains, visit volvocarswhiteplains.com. With the news, here's Michael Barr. Tom, thank you very much. Belgian and French media report today that there may be two attackers at large following the deadly Brussels attacks. In Brussels, the chief suspect in last year's Paris attacks is due in court today, and EU ministers are holding an emergency meeting today. Officials in Iraq say Operation Conquest, the campaign to take back the northern city of Mosul from the Islamic State group, has finally begun. The Iraqi military effort is backed by U.S.-led coalition aircraft. North Korea says it has successfully conducted a high-powered solid-fuel rocket engine test. If that's true, it would be a major step forward in boosting its missile attack capability against South Korea and the U.S. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Mike Lubar. Mike? 
Tom? And Michael Barr, thanks so much. Uh, Sterling, 141.34. Mr. Osborne speaking today. Sterling, soggy through the week. We're with Howard Ward of Gamco, Francine Lacroix, Tom Keene. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Flushing Bank. Open a complete business checking account with $15,000 more. Get a free 16-gig Wi-Fi tablet. Visit FlushingBank.com for details. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Cameron Moscow. This update's brought to you by Eisner Amper. When entrepreneurs face challenges like choosing a business structure or access to capital, they call the accountants and advisors at Eisner Amper. Connect with them, EisnerAmper.com slash tech. Stocks dropping around the world as the dollar extends gains into a fifth day, with the potential for higher U.S. interest rates again roiling financial markets as the Easter vacation looms. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures down 11 points. This morning, Dow E-mini futures down 83. NASDAQ E-mini futures down 25. The DAX in Germany is down 1.4%. Ten-year Treasury of 432 seconds, the yield 1.86%. NYMEX crude oil down 2.4% or 97 cents to 38.82 a barrel. COMEX gold is down 4 tenths percent or $4.90 to 12.20.70 an ounce. The euro, $1.1165. The yen, $112.71. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Francine. Uh, Karen, uh, thanks so much. Francine LaCroix in London. I'm Tom Keene in New York. And with us, Howard Ward. We talk about a lost decade, and people on Japan will correct me and say, well, no, actually, Tom, it's closer to two decades pushing three. The lost decade for Microsoft, I'm eyeballing at Howard Ward at 13 years. When does a smart like guy like you go long on Microsoft, or did you hold it through that horrific period? No, Tom, actually, we didn't hold it throughout that in- entire period, um, but we did get back into it around, I think our average cost is around 28, and it's one of our top five holdings. Um, Microsoft's been an interesting study. You know, they're in the software business. The software business is inherently profitable. It throws off a lot of free cash. And they've had a 90% market share in personal computer operating systems forever. And that gives them a tremendous amount of flexibility. And this is a company that even when its stock price, which I think was up maybe at 60 times forward earnings during the dot-com phase, uh, even as the stock price was being repriced in the aftermath of that, their earnings and revenues continued to grow. The real problem that Wall Street has had with Microsoft up until recently was that it was not very happy with the results of Steve Ballmer. Uh, the, the, the company's efforts in, uh, to move into consumer-oriented technology have not been profitable, and he had a history of making very expensive acquisitions using cash, I might add, uh, yeah. which ended up in massive write-offs, and they actually he made one just as he went out the door with Nokia and once again another yeah. major write-off. So, you know, the things have really started to come together for Microsoft since his departure and the installation of Satya Nadella as the new CEO. And Francine, I, I should point out I've caught Howard Ward out on Fifth Avenue near 53rd Street throwing a red brick through the Microsoft <laughs> consumer's window. <laughs> Right. I mean, if they wanted to just completely out of the consumer business, I think the stock would would go even higher. You'd get a bigger multiple on the stock. The enterprise business that they have is truly golden. 
Right, but Howard, do you not worry about regulators? I know I'm, I'm a little bit obsessed with regulators at the moment, but Microsoft, bottom line, you is are so double, European. So European, making double the profits it did when antitrust regulators targeted the software firm back in 2000. Right, so so they could come back. Well, they could, but of course the goalposts are moving. It's moving to mobile devices, and in mobile, the world of mobility, the Microsoft operating system is not very present. And so, uh, you know, that's the world of Android and iOS by Apple. So, uh, I, I think it's too little too late to be trying to come, come back and, uh, make a ruckus about their market share in, in personal computer operating systems. And, you know, the regulators just, uh, particularly in Europe, they can't stand these very successful American companies with their big market shares. But, you know, they have the products and they're the, they have the first mover advantage and they're hard to dislodge. Is there a company now that's just so overpriced you're dying to to buy it or to add shares and you can't? There's got to be, like, you get out of bed every morning and says, I just want to buy LaCroix International and I can't. Yeah, so, Tom, uh, I wish I had owned Netflix last year, but I could never justify the valuation on Netflix, and it's too bad because it was up 110% last year. It would have made my performance much but better. But does that meet the Howard Ward attributes of big growth? Well, you see, I have problems with it, and I have problems. The, my biggest problem with it is the valuation. Simply cannot, even though it's down about 25%, year-to-date this year, I still cannot stomach the valuation. I, I can't even come close to it. And, frankly, I think their business is going to be under assault by all of the other countries. Francine, providers. do you have Netflix in the United Kingdom? I, I do, and I can't find a good film on it. Exactly. I just dropped – I have two accounts. I have two accounts, and I just dropped them both. Yeah. So, you can't find a good yeah, film. so that's one. Now, the other thing is, Tom, uh, is, uh, you know, we've bought, been, been a buyer of Palo Alto Networks, which is the leading cybersecurity firm. So we do own a little bit of that. We have a starter position in that. I think cybersecurity is going to be a, uh, a place with a big tailwind behind it uh, over the next 10 years. And, and I think that's the leading name in that. It's an expensive stock. It's down a bit from where it was, but I think that that is one area that investors should focus on. What about Facebook? So we were, you know, it was the most amazing company ever, and then it fell from the stars, and now it's back up. And this is really because of strategy. They're strong on mobile, but they've also made some acquisitions that make them look smart, Howard. Yeah, actually, you know, and Facebook is one of our top five holdings. Uh, Facebook's valuation is close to about one times its growth rate of around 30% in terms of its forward PE. And uh, they are just minting money with mobile. And, uh, yes, the stock pulled back with the overall market, and it pulled back with the rotation out of the so-called FANG stocks. But it actually held up better than a lot of names. And we see nothing but uh, actually very strong results for them this year. Google and Facebook are vacuuming up virtually all of the advertising dollars that are moving or migrating from old media to new media. Those two companies are really in the catbird seat. Howard, thank you so much. Thank Great you for having me. This is always just brilliant. We've got to get you in uh, more often. Mr. Ward at Gamco. And, of course, you heard him on a number of growth stocks. A growth stock, folks, is is something that's done better than good over the years. How do you define value trap quickly? Uh, well, Valiant would be a value trap. Yeah. <laughs> right? Is Credit Suisse a value trap? Well, uh, the problem with the – yeah, I mean, the banks uh, look cheap, but where is the growth? 
the, exactly. The, there really is no growth. And, fr- and the bottom line is earnings do drive share prices over time. So if you don't have an earnings growth trajectory, don't look for your stock price to do it's much. It's tough to do well. Howard Ward with Gamco with a final thought on the value trap of the moment. Our uh, final thought here, uh, at least for the moment, is a little bit of tape deterioration. It's been very quiet the last number of days. Oil down 89 cents, 38.89. Brent crude uh, a little spread widening, 39.60. Gold down 5.12.21. The ounce. Francine Lacroix in London. I'm Tom Keenan in New York. Bloomberg Surveillance. Stay with us. And Bloomberg Surveillance being brought to you by New York Community Trust, where donors like you help them make New York better. You're listening to Bloomberg Surveillance.